and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute presented by Homefield Apparel. I'm your host, Tommy Godin, and today we've got a lot to discuss. First, we're going to be getting into a brief recap of Villanova's disappointing 76-72 to road loss in the Big Five opener at the hands of the Penn Quakers. After that, we're going to go ahead and preview Friday's matchup at the Finneran Pavilion against a formidable opponent in the Maryland Terrapins. And after all of that is finished, we will get into our first mailbag of the season where I will answer some of your guys' questions that you've submitted online via the Twitter form. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and take a look back at Villanova's first loss of the season that came at the hands of the Penn Quakers on Monday night at the Cathedral of College Basketball, the Palestra. And one word really sticks out to me in this matchup, and that word is sloppy. Whether we're talking about the television broadcast on ESPN Plus or NBC Sports Philly that had a score bug that didn't register Eric Dixon's three, really update at all until midway through the first media timeout, or Villanova's play on the offensive um, end. I mean, it, it was just it just looked like a team that isn't gelling yet, and that's to be expected when you bring in four new transfers and everything's not going to go your way in the beginning of November. But to quote head coach Kyle Neptune, you go on the road, period, but especially in a big five game, you know, anything can happen. And anything did happen. That is why Villanova was handed its first loss of the year. They were just simply outplayed by Penn in this one. There's just no other way to cut it. Now, to quickly recap the game, Eric Dixon opened the scoring for the Wildcats and gave Villanova an early 3-0 lead. But it was downhill from there, to say the least. The Quakers reeled off the next eight points as Villanova misfired on seven consecutive attempts from the field till Jordan Longino ended that drought. Um, Longino looked good in the first half. He looked good the whole game. He led the team. I believe he was a plus eight. I got to double check that, but sounds, but yeah, he was a plus eight, which led the team. Jordan Longino has really, really looked good for the Wildcats in the early going. Um, but it was that two, three zone from Penn that really threw the Wildcats for some fits over the first 20 minutes. Um, really the whole game, it just disrupted the flow on the offensive end for the Wildcats. They couldn't figure it out. The entire game at halftime, they were 9 of 27 from the field and 4 of 15 from long distance. And we all know how the second half went. Villanova kind of inched closer and closer, but every time Villanova had a punch, Penn had a counter punch, and and they never really got close until Justin Moore hit a couple of threes at the end. Villanova actually outshot, had more field goal attempts than the Penn Quakers. They had 63 to Penn's 47. It just really came down to that 2-3 zone by Penn that Villanova just really was never able to figure out. And not only on the offensive end are the Wildcats struggling to begin the year, but on the defensive end, it's not getting much better. I was scrolling across my Twitter today when I saw a tweet from Ryan Cassidy, who's part of Big East Barroom, Road to the Garden. He does outstanding stuff, one of the best follows on Big East Twitter. So go give him a follow if you don't already. But he sent out a tweet giving Big East teams Ken Palm defensive rankings from opening night versus today, which is November 15th. He said Villanova started at 44. They're now at 79th in the country in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency rating, which isn't great. And Kyle Neptune has been harping on, um, you know, we just need to be better. And 
we have to be better on the defensive end. Um, to quote him after the game, he said, I don't think you can ever rely 100% on making or missing jump shots. If that's all you're relying on, you're not going to be a good team. What we shot wasn't great, but I think the big thing is we've got to get better defensively. And that's where it starts for the Wildcats. And on the defensive end, they have a big test coming up with the Maryland Terrapins coming to town. We'll get into that preview a little bit, but Jameer Young, Julian Reese, Deshaun Harris-Smith, Jahari Long, I mean, they got some certified bucket getters on the Maryland Terrapins, and it's going to be a big test for this Villanova defense. They've dropped a couple of games early, but um, they're still a Big Ten team. They're a formidable opponent, extremely well-coached, former Big East guy Kevin Willard. So, look, bottom line is I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You have every right to be upset, sad, uh, all worked up over this November loss to Penn. And I'm not going to invalidate any of those feelings. I'm just going to tell you that I don't think that the sky is falling yet. I, you know, I want to give this a little bit more time, give these guys a little bit more time to gel. When you see Tyler Burton jumping for every rebound and, and knocking guys over and, and calling a travel, these guys just need more time to gel. They have outstanding players. Um, and I'm not saying that that's Tyler Burton's fault. I love his aggressiveness, by the way, but. These guys just need more time to gel. I don't think this guy is falling. I still have confidence in Kyle Neptune and these Wildcats to figure it out. But that is the pen recap. Villanova drops its first game of the season. This guy's not falling yet, guys. At least I don't think so. But we got a lot to cover in this episode. So we're going to move on to the preview of Friday's game with the aforementioned Maryland Terrapins. Before we do that, need to tell you guys about my friends over at Home Field Apparel. No hard sell on this episode because, like I said, we have a lot to cover. But just go to homefieldapparel.com, click on the Villanova Wildcats link, and if you guys go through that section and you don't find something that you like, something that speaks to you, I don't know what to tell you. Their stuff is – their designs are amazing. They're timeless. But once you get it in the mail, the quality of it is outstanding. Use code NOVAINSIDER, that's N-O-V-A-I-N-S-I-D-E-R, for a discount at checkout, could not be higher on home field apparel this season. And that will lead us nicely into the preview portion of the episode, where today we're going to be taking a look at the Maryland Terrapins coming into town to face the Villanova Wildcats here at home at the Finneran Pavilion. 7.30 p.m., we're back on FS1, thank God, with a normal score bug. And the Terrapins coming to town... Off a bit of a rocky start after picking up an opening night win over Mount St. Mary's uh, early on in the year. They've dropped two in a row to UAB and Angelo Brizzy's Davidson Wildcats. Now, this is a Maryland team that Kevin Willard told us is going to look a little rocky to begin the year, but I don't think anybody expected it to be this rocky. This is still a tournament-caliber team led by a three-headed monster uh, and Jameer Young, talented big man Julian Reese, and a versatile forward in Dante Scott. Maryland's also going to be using a lot of Deshaun Harris-Smith, who some Villanova fans may remember many moons ago was a Villanova recruit around the time uh, Jay announced his retirement. But I'm in love with this kid's game. And the Ken Palm rankings, they rank him as a major contributor uh, 24 to 28% of possessions used as a true freshman at Maryland on a team that has true aspirations of making and making some noise in the NCAA tournament. He started all three games for the Terrapins so far, 6'5", 215. He is 
just a prototypical old school hard nosed Big East guard. Reminds me a lot of Justin Moore from Villanova to the point where he even wears number five, just like Justin Moore. So I'm really excited for his prospects and what he can do at Maryland. He could be the X factor on a team that plans to make some noise later on in the Big Ten. But as it pertains to Friday night's matchup, and I think we got a late one. I think I said 7.30 earlier on Fox Sports 1. It is on FS1, but I believe uh, the game actually starts at 8.30, uh, which is going to end up being way past my bedtime. But I will push through, as I'm sure many of you will as well, on this wonderful Friday night here on the main line. But uh, as far as the matchup goes, this is going to be a big team that Kevin Willard's coming in with, like I've I've went over before. The average height of their starting five is about six six and a half. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kyle Neptune and co. combat that height that's coming in from this Maryland Terrapins team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if we can get a little bit more Nana and Joku minutes or if it's just going to be uh, a lot of Lance Ware and Eric Dixon coming off. Uh, well, Lance Ware will be coming off the bench. Dixon's a a solidified starter, but moving him to the four when Ware comes in because he's looked pretty comfortable in that role when he's been assigned it so far. But um, Villanova's glaring weakness has been their defense. I brought up that statistic from Ryan Cassidy early of Villanova's uh, downfall in the Ken Palm rankings on the defensive efficiency side of things. They're giving up the three ball at a tremendous rate. The good news, however, is... Maryland is not making the three ball at a tremendous rate at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. They rank 323 out of 363 teams in Division One in three-point percentage at a dismal 22.6%. So I'm knocking on wood as we speak, but it doesn't look like Maryland is going to kill us from outside. Um, it's just going to be all about adjustments because you know Maryland watches film too. They're going to see that Villanova struggled with a zone. So we're going to see how Kyle Neptune adjusts to that. They got a long week of practices this week. I'm sure the guys are going to be just right. Um, looking at that zone, I'm not going to give a prediction for this game. I did that last time uh, in the pen game and we all know how that turned out, but Maryland hasn't looked great out of the gate. They were two and nine on the road as a team last year under head coach, Kevin Willard. So not a great road team, but you know, anything can happen in the Big East, especially in that building. Nova's generally good in it. I'll give you some predictions across the web pages. Bart Torvik, which is like the free Ken Palm. Uh, it's a great website to check out. They have Villanova uh, winning 73-68. to 68. ESPN matchup predictor gives uh, Villanova a 71.1% chance to win. And Ken Palm also has Villanova winning 71-66. So they're all projecting that 70-point threshold. Um that I predicted for the Penn game, the race to 70 points. I think that that happens again. Um, I just hope Villanova gets there first this time. And that will bring us to our mailbag portion of the show where I answer your guys' questions that you sent me on Twitter. Um, you know, it was on me. I should not have dropped the mailbag immediately following the Penn game like I did. I received quite a few uh, angry responses, some that aren't questions. So. I'll be better on the timing of the releasing on the mailbag in the future. But the first question I'm going to go after here, um, do we need to see lineup changes on Friday? And that's a great question. 
My answer to that is no. I really like Mark Armstrong as the point guard of this Villanova team. He's not committed to turnover in the first three games as a true point guard for the Wildcats. Um, they mentioned it on the broadcast. One of the announcers said Jordan Longino isn't really even a six man. He's like a five and a half man. And I love him in that role. Um, he's exceeded in that role uh, thus far this season. So I, I would like, um, that's going to be part of the next question, but I would like a little bit more uh, parity in the rotations. But as far as the starting lineup goes, no, I would not change that. And that kind of answers uh, the second question that was brought up was, uh, what are my thoughts on the point guard situation? Uh, Villanova, you know, historically is a team that plays positionless basketball. So they have guys like Hakeem Hart bringing the ball up, which I love. I'm talking to him in media day and behind the scenes. He thinks of himself as a big guard, and he absolutely is. Uh, he's very comfortable with the ball in his hands, playmaking. Um, a point guard by committee is fine by me. I mentioned it just before. Mark Armstrong hasn't committed a turnover yet. Uh, he looks good in his role, playmaking. Uh, Justin Moore, obviously, more than capable of bringing the ball up. So. What do I think of uh, the point guard situation? It's a point guard by committee, and I don't mind that. I think towards the end of the year, you want to kind of have one guy zeroed in, whether that be Mark Armstrong or Justin Moore, Hakeem Hart. I don't like doing it by committee when when it really matters. I like having you know your best guys versus our best guys. Um, so as the year goes on, I like to see that kind of uh, thin down a little bit, but as it goes right now in the beginning of the year, I, I absolutely love the point guard by committee. And I'll go for one more question. It was the most asked question on my Google form. And essentially, I'm just handpicking one person's. The wording of it was, what's good with the minutes distribution? And I agree at this stage. It, it, the minutes distribution is ugly. I mean, these guys, they can't get into a rhythm because they're getting subbed out in two or three minute intervals. And it's frustrating. But from my perspective, with no inside information or speaking to the coaches yet, um, I think it's all experimental right now, right? He's seeing what guys can play well with each other, who has chemistry, what lineups look like against uh, big lineups, against uh, short lineups, lineups that can shoot from deep. So he's figuring out what works, what doesn't, and he's going to take that into Big East play. I don't think that once we get to the latter stages of conference play, we're going to see lineups with nine, 10 players deep. I think he's going to cut it down to six, seven, maybe eight guys in Big East play. But that's my opinion. I think it's all experimental, just finding stuff out right now in early November basketball and living with the results. They're going to be better every day. Uh, they're going to hit the drawing board and, and get back to playing Villanova basketball. But that was the mailbag portion of the show. I had so much fun interacting with you guys. I got a lot of responses. Uh, it will be posted at a more appropriate time next time. Again, I, I take full responsibility for that one. But I love that part of the show. Um, you guys asking me stuff. I mean, what do I know as a zero-time graduate of Villanova? I don't have a bachelor's or a master's degree, and my family hasn't donated anything on any of the last 1842 days. Guys, I don't even know what an 1842 day is. Um, but I'm going to attend every Villanova basketball game uh, for the rest of the year that I possibly can attend. I hope you guys got that reference. But this was episode four of the Mainline Minute. I can't wait to see you all in episode five.